Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Jack of All AI's Perspective. Today, I have Kate Callow from NVIDIA with me. Uh, Kate, so you're head of emerging areas at NVIDIA. Uh, wow. So coming <laughs> from ARM, how does that feel? Um, well, you know, I've been, uh, NVIDIA is my third semiconductor company. I started my career at Intel, then moved to ARM um, in AI and machine learning, building ecosystem, working with developers. Um, and I thought it was the right time for me to kind of join, join the largest AI company in the world and also increase their footprint in emerging markets and in emerging um, use cases and segments. So that's kind of what, I'm, um, what I've been hired to focus on at NVIDIA, and I'm really, really excited. Um, to be uh, to have joined this company um, two months ago. Oh, that's wonderful. And I see you got my email about wearing something very pretty for me. <laughs> um, so thank you for, for coming and looking so fantastic today. Um, thank but you. I, I, I must ask because so you, you, you went you were at Intel. Yeah, you saw what way they were going. Sorry, Intel fans. Um, you joined Arm, which was yeah. obviously a fantastic British company. Um, <laughs> don't worry about the owners. Um, but certainly now, you know, coming from what we were originally going to speak about was mainly around Tiny ML, if you remember. And, yeah. um, you know, when I think of Tiny ML, I think of inferencing being done on smartphones um, to make people look pretty, you know, filters in Snapchat and all kinds of weird stuff like that. Um, I like Big L and I cannot lie. Yeah. Well, no. you know, <laughs> tiny, <laughs> tiny ML can be used for these type of things. But I would say the beauty of tiny ML was actually to push um, uh, machine learning workloads all the way down to very resource constrained platforms like microcontrollers. So mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you're able to do the same thing that you were doing on your phone or um, on a gateway in a microcontroller in the wild. And um, in some ways, it's actually pretty complementary to what we do at NVIDIA, because then to be able to um, collect this data and send more complex workloads to the cloud, you will have to use GPUs. So I moved from getting um, to know that very tiny space to moving to getting to know a, a little bit bigger space, but it's somewhat in a complementary way. Yeah, and that, that's a great thing about um, coming from your, you know, having your background really, because you, you've understood what you, you can understand now what's really being done right at the edge. Yeah. Uh, like you mentioned, right at that microcontroller le level. Um, I'm now thinking about switches and, and things like that. But certainly um, coming into NVIDIA, who have, of course, what I used to call fat computing, right? So yeah. fat GPUs. Yeah. Um, but they also have some other, you know, smaller cousins and sisters and brothers in yeah. the form of, you know, Jetson Nano. I have one arriving today. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> awesome. so, so do you see that as also at the edge or do you see that still feeding or taking from um, that tiny ML edge devices. Where do you see Jetson fitting there? It's actually also totally at the edge. Um, mm. I used to actually look at it as the endpoint. So the endpoint are the devices that you can touch, your mobile phone, for example. Then um, you look at uh, the edge. Edge is where Jetson actually fits. Then you have network edge, and then you go all the way to the cloud. Um, but yeah, Jetson is definitely on the edge side, um, not at the endpoint just yet, but really at the edge side. And um, it allows you to do pretty 
cool things. You'll have to tell me what you come up with with your new Jetson Nano, but we'd love to see you build um, a drone, a robot, um, something like that. So if you, if, you, um, if you manage to build a cool application, please send it to me. I think it'll be more just around home automation. <laughs> I have over 60 different devices in my house that need automating. Yeah. So, um, and I'm struggling with going from Alexa to Google to this, to that. Uh, luckily she's on mute at the moment, so she didn't trigger. <laughs> um, but I, I think you, you've you actually answered that really well there. And it was the correct answer. Well done. Yay. Someone <laughs> understands what edge computing is. Um, because this, <laughs> IoT edge is just everywhere, right? Everyone yeah. you speak to will want to speak to you about edge and IoT and they don't have a clue or they, they <laughs> think they they have an, a clue, but it's almost down to interpretation, I think. And yeah. that's the kind of challenge that you and I have, I guess, in terms of conveying that message. So what, what can you share from your experience at ARM in the AI world, if you don't mind my asking? So when I was working for ARM, um, I was actually tasked to go and build their AI ecosystem. Um, they had just came out with um, um, an NPU and they were looking to build an ecosystem of partners. But my role ended up actually um, being building a developer community around um, our machine learning platforms. Um, so I started to work um, with the research communities, the data science community, the industry players such as Google, for example. And we all came together and kind of realized that we, there, there was actually a place at this tiny edge. So we had to do something for the developers. And that's how the tiny ML initiative came about. Um, and my team had been driving that um, for ARM um, for the past couple of years. Um, and TinyML, um, we also realized recently that it can be used in remote parts of the world, like Africa, for example. Mm -hmm. And that's, how, that's what triggered my interest into moving from just building AI ecosystems to actually looking at how technology is being applied in different parts of the world, like emerging markets. Oh. And that's why I decided to make the move at NVIDIA and go and um, address these developers in emerging markets, and also making sure that I um, surface the innovation that they're coming up with in those part of the world because they are trying to solve very different challenges than developers in the US, developers in Europe, or developers in China. When you look at AI and machine learning, it's all about solving complex problems, but you solve problems which are around yourself. So developers in Africa are going to try to solve different problems than developers in, um, in, uh, in Japan or in the US with the same technology, developers in the US have built a, an anti-Porsche pirate system. Developers in, uh, in Japan have built um, a concuber, um, cucumber sorter. And developers in Africa have built a system which is monitoring Kenyan rivers, which was actually the first deployment was destroyed by baboons. And no one could actually predict that. Not even, not even the machine learning algorithm. But now it's completely deployed. It's monitoring one of the main rivers in Kenya, and it's helping um, it's helping local population manage the resources um, of the river. So that's the beauty of actually looking at um, um, emerging areas and getting into this role where I'm really looking at the applied AI and machine learning side of um, um, of the picture, and also looking at how innovation is being driven differently from different parts of the world. 
that is an incredible, incredible su uh, summary. I mean, it, it just really shows how impactful AI can be. And we always think, and I always say, actually, certainly in this moment, that AI will have the biggest societal impact in healthcare. But yeah. You think about where it's going in the emerging market space. It's so wonderful to hear that there's this interesting tech being delivered and 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 developed in these emerging places. So one company I think you should speak to is actually from a previous podcast I did called InstaDeep. They do yeah. a lot of work in the African regions. So you know, do you know Kareem at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Great. Know oh, it's perfect. <laughs> I, I don't need to introduce you then, because uh, those guys have just signed a. Um, a, a deal with BioNTech, of course, who you'll know who have done the Pfizer vaccine. Yeah. Um, so they're we've part of, um, they're part of just... NVIDIA in Inception yeah. program, actually. They're oh, fantastic. Of... They are, yes, yes. I brought them into the Inception program. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I know, I've known Kareem for a long time and I work with Celine very closely. But all of that aside, describe your experience at NVIDIA in three words for me. How could you say that? <laughs> Come on. Exciting. Um... A lot of prospects and um, I can't wait to achieve great things. I'm really, really excited by, by, um, by uh, working in NVIDIA and you, you know, it's just, um, it's a company that I've admired for um, a couple of years. Um, so actually getting into it and getting to lead something that hasn't been done before for me, it's, yeah. it's the most exciting part of, um, of the job. That's amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today. You will absolutely Thanks, be a guest on a future podcast. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye.